Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And thanks for that, Cliff. This is America's Heroes Group, our roundtable with our partner, Repatriate Our Patriots. Today is Saturday, August 19th, 2023. August is National Wellness Month. You just heard our host, Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayman, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scotch Arnold Productions. He's not here with us today, but he will be back shortly. And we'll be broadcasting out of WVN.com. So if you want to see us today, log in to WVN.com. Also, you can see us on the iHeartRadio app or here it's an iHeartRadio app. You can also go to our YouTube channel and see our archive shows and, of course, our Facebook page. And, of course, AmericasHG.org is our website. So today we're going to talk. We have a partner with us, uh, Denitza D. James. She's a U.S. Army Iraq combat veteran and CEO of Repatriate Our Patriots. And our panelist, James Smith, he's a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and co-founder of Black Departed Veterans of America. Is that Black Deported? Probably I think it should be uh, of America. How are you doing today? Good, sir, brother. So tell us. I've, we've heard many stories, James, about people who uh, are not U.S. citizens. But we typically think of people being south of the border. Uh, we know that there's people that serve from that come from all over the world that serve in our military. But what is going on with the fact that we have people of color being deported, black people in particular, in your case, because that's the organization you work with? And then, Ms. James, I'd like to hear again from you to tell us your story um, to reiterate the importance of what's happening with those who've served this country but yet are not getting their citizenship. And in often cases, um, prior to 1996, people who joined the military joined with the notion that they would get their citizenship. So, James, start with you. Okay, well, first of all, we, we work with more than just uh, black deployed veterans. It's just that black deployed veterans are our are focal point. Um, in the course of working in this since 2013, uh, when I came into it as a, a documentarian, um, I wound up meeting different uh, identified as black. I first heard about Rohan Coombs back in 2013. He actually had been uh, deported prior to 2010, and uh, an article had been done on him at Democracy Now!, so he was the first black person uh, that I knew of that had been uh, deported. But I had no idea think of black people being deported. So I just thought it was uh, a couple, and he was the only one that I knew of through the agencies that I had worked with at that time, which was uh, the Deported Veterans Support House and uh, Unified U.S. Deported Veterans. Uh, then as time went on, uh, like uh, years went by, I learned about, uh, I learned about uh, Howard Bailey and Ro- Roman Sabal. 
uh, that had been uh, deported, uh, well, actually had been stopped from coming back in to the, the country. They were veterans that were from Jamaica and Belize, but they had been stopped coming back into the country. Uh, so these were, again, that was a spattering. Uh, in 2021, while I was riding around with uh, Jesus Manuel Valenzuela uh, across the country doing, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, doing events to make, bring awareness, uh, David Bardio uh, from Kenya, uh, who is uh, my co-founder and co-director, and uh, Charles Lee Severin from the Commonwealth of Dominica started following. So now this was a uh, uh, two, basically you could say live people other than uh, the person that I, I know about from research. That I was like, oh, okay, well, there, there's a couple more black dudes. And then I learned about Rudy uh, Richardson in the United Kingdom and about Jeff Brown in Jamaica. And so we wound up uh, getting together and just having uh, – like like talks you know, every couple of months in 2021 then in october 20 in october of 2021 the there was a, an opportunity that was given to deported veterans to be able to come if you could make it to the border you would be able to get your covid shots and get your um and get your uh, record books looked at for a possible service connection uh assessment and uh, I was happy for my brothers down in TJ and in Juarez. So I thought that maybe the government had also set it up for uh, uh, veterans in other countries to be able to go to the, their uh, embassy or consulate and get those have those same things done for them. And they hadn't heard about it. So as we began to talk more and more, we started realizing that there wasn't really anybody noticing or paying attention that there was anybody past what was what they had learned of that was at the border uh, in Juarez, uh, which is fabulously taken care of by Repatriate Our Patriots and uh, Unified U.S. Deported Veterans and, and Deported Veterans Support House in, in TJ. And that's, that's all anybody that knew anything about Deported Veterans kind of knew. So donations went there, focus went there. Um, different uh, uh, politicians and stuff went there. So we realized that we needed to, to band together and to bring in attention that there were, uh, that this was not just a brown thing, it was, this was an American thing. And that's what gave birth to uh, Black Deported Veterans of America in January of 2022. So, D, can you tell us a little bit about why people from other countries come to the United States to serve in the United States military? Um, they come from the same reason that Hispanics and those at the border come, right, for to have better opportunities, to build a better life, and uh, just to make sure that they they feel Americans. They know this is where they um, where they can have access to opportunities, and their commitment is just as strong as those in the Hispanic community. Um, and I, I believe, thank you, uh, thank you for giving us a space to talk about this because, like you said. Yes, a lot of people feel that it's only Hispanics and Latin community, right, that get deported, especially because that's that's what we talk about on the news, right? You only mm -hmm. hear the border down in Texas or in Tijuana, mm -hmm. but we never look at the other borders, right? For example, Canada, mm -hmm. right? We don't ever think uh, somebody from Canada uh, could be deported that, you know, they were serving. Uh, we have people in the U.K. We don't really think of those borders either. Um, so it's important for us to uh, also let people know that there are veterans in really, really dangerous places like Haiti. Haiti right now has no government, mm. right? So we have a veteran there who is struggling to obtain his passport um, because there is really no, no law and no authority at the consulate. 
So you, in order for him to be able to travel back, he needs his passport. Why do you think, Dee, that there is so much attention in media focused on the southern border, the border between us and Mexico, as opposed to, I mean, there's four sides of the country. <laughs> it's a north, south, east, and west, but we always focus <laughs> on the south. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's all politics. It's all politics related. Uh, I know, I, I have noticed that every four years, immigration topic comes to the top list on the networks. Right. There's always uh, the drugs, you know, coming to take our our jobs They're You know, they're invading us, all of that stuff. Right. It's Mm. all driven by politics. And at the borders, right, we have Texas is is a really high and mainly populated by Hispanics. So I honestly think that, you know, all of the news is driven to the south of the border because of politics. And the facts seem to show this. I mean, just everyday life, if this living in America, the facts seem to seem to show that people coming from the southern border predominantly are not murderers and rapists, as you know, as certain people have, have, have said in politics and so on, don't name any names. But they're actually most mostly everyday, average, everyday people. They just want to make a better lives, like you mentioned, for their families. They're not trying to cause any trouble. Mm-hmm. They don't have necessarily any higher crime rates than any other demographic in the United States. And in some cases, lower crime rates in some communities that are, that are Latina and, and Latinx. So the uh, so it's, it's ironic to me that a lot of the the uh, the the, uh, the the laws that are that are put up to try and address immigration and illegal uh, immigrants in this country are basically geared around supposedly trying to stop crime and also trying to avoid terrorism. But the people that are being targeted are not the ones who are really bringing, truly bringing the crime and the terrorism. If you're a drug cartel, you're not trying to go and get on a be a, uh, be a mule, go across the desert in 100 degree tent uh, heat. You're coming across the front door. You're coming across the main gate because you already got connections. You already get. You already have, you're not coming bringing your stuff in on a, on a backpack. You're bringing yourself in the semi trucks. Just keep it real. You're bringing it on on, on, on cruise ships. You're bringing it in on on on. on on uh, cargo ships and so on, and airplanes. You're not using, you know, these crude methods to, to dig underneath of a wall to try to get into the country. No, you're using the big, using the big guns. So why again is that's, that's correct? Yeah. So why again is 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 the misinformation? What what will take the? Uh, um, how do we get the information out there so make more people more aware of? Because I think some people that don't live next to the border are confused by it. They don't really know what's going on down there. They think that it's just just guns and hellfire going on because these, all these people are trying to rush the border. And then there's other people that think that really do believe that, you know, that it's a threat, that these people are coming in and they're going to bring in gangbangers and they're going to bring in guns and they're going to be the, it's all about human trafficking people. And there is a problem. Don't get me wrong. It securing our border. But why is the focus at the wrong place? Going back to 9-11, one of the, the tipping points that created all of these laws we're talking about today, that was created by people who came into this country legally. They weren't from Iraq or Afghanistan. They came from Saudi Arabia. They had money and backing and they had political power and clout. They came in with uh, the U.S. They had illegal U.S. visas. They didn't come in under aliases or fake names. They came in on their own names and with the intent to harm American citizens and did such. So once again, this is what true, do we do? <laughs> well, actually, you kind of got to go back a little further. It actually starts, in a sense, with Timothy McVeigh. Mm. Uh, when uh, he said when the Oklahoma City bombing, they thought that that was uh, uh, people from that were not born here that had done that. And when that uproar went up, that that's when Congress started trying to put their foot down and, and get more stringent with the um, 
with the immigration laws. So it kind of starts back there even before we get to 2000, uh, I mean, get to uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. And add to that, in 1996, we were doing the research for this show, so the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act, that was actually introduced by uh, one senator, now president, uh, Joe Biden, actually uh, created Title IV, which is a terrorist and criminal alien removal and exclusion uh, provision, which expanded reasons for deportation. So essentially, people that were in the military who thought they could get a path to citizenship by being in the military, if they got pulled over for a DUI, if they got to a bar fight, if they did anything that was out of character, they could be deported. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening to our service members, right? Um, They leave the military without their citizenship uh, for a number of reasons. Um, And when they get out, now they're just another immigrant citizen in the United States. And you know, anything that is considered a felony is grounds for deportation. And I'm very glad that, um, you know, the Black Deporter Veterans of America is bringing awareness to that population as well, um, because we need the support from everybody. The NAACP, right, uh, when they find out, they found out that there are uh, African-Americans that have served in the military and that now they've been discarded, right, they're actually also providing support. Is that correct, James? Yes, that's very correct. Uh, um, so that, that that's one of the things that we're trying to make sure that we do with groups like Repatriate Our Patriots. Uh, and and uh, uh, one of our greater partners, LULAC, is to raise a greater awareness so other institutions uh, that, that cover other uh, ethnicities and cultures, like uh, Asian culture, Middle Eastern culture, every other culture it is represented in this. There are people deported all over the globe. And we, we're just, we want to make sure we bring a greater awareness of this and make sure that people aren't just focused on this ideology that this is just an immigration issue with Mexico. You know, that this is a, an issue about veterans, that the honor of veterans, that you have a responsibility. This government has a responsibility to be looking out for uh, protecting the people that protect it. So, Dean and James, both of you guys, um, um, I want you to, if you, if you have any information about what legislation or any movement in on the Hill or any movement in D.C. that's trying to address this issue to make it more fair for how veterans are being treated and being deported. Um, well, currently right now, um, Congressman Mark Takano has reintroduced the Veteran Service Recognition Act. Now, uh, it was re- it was introduced last June. And it actually passed through the judiciary, which was the first bill that actually uh, anyone that had uh, put up or introduced a bill uh, in behalf of trying to help uh, deported veterans. It was the first bill that actually passed the judiciary. And then it actually passed the House in December of 2022. Unfortunately, it died in Senate. It was reintroduced um, back in June. I believe it was June 15th by uh, Representative Mark Takano from California. And it's uh, par- a partner, Senator Padilla, also from California, is uh, introducing this. Again, it's called the Veteran Service Recognition Act. And what it is is a, a opportunity to stop what has happened. It's to legally put a law in place because right now everything that's happening is by policy. This would be a law that would put in put in place to to make sure there is a solid pathway for non citizens to their um, 
a two citizenship through the military. Then also make sure that it takes care of their immediate family members so that they are not worrying about their family members while they're in a, a combat arena. And then the, the third major element is it would provide begin to provide a board that would look at bringing back those that had uh, already been deported. So it's called the Veteran Service Recognition Act. Uh, it's uh, currently HR 4569. Um, that to please, you know, what we would, we would love for is the VSOs and the people to write their congressmen and tell them, hey, listen, every veteran that raised their hand should be considered a citizen because they, they are pu- they're putting more on the line than anyone else has ever done. So in this uh, opportunity, please back the Veteran Service Recognition Act, H.R. 4569, uh, and, and help us bring our brothers back and make sure that this thing never happens again. Hmm. Uh, Dean, in some cases, yeah. there has been... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was going to add on to what James has mentioned, right, um, is that right now in the month of August, we have uh, legislators coming back home. Uh, doing town halls, doing all appearances, right, to earn their constituents' vote. Well, what you can do to help us, right, is you can call even the Capitol Switchboard. If you can't attend the town hall, you can call the phone number is 202-224-3121. Just let them know where do you live and who they will connect you with your representative's office, and then you express your concerns. Um, this is something that it's focused on the military service, not an immigration issue. Um, this is where we lose uh, our people when, the, when we're talking to them about this. They think it's an immigration issue, and it's not. They've served this country. They've earned their benefits. They have the right to access them here in the United States. And it even seems illegal that you can serve in the military and, and be deserving of, by contract, U.S. VA benefits, but yet be denied them because the government puts you in an environment <laughs> that you're unfamiliar with in another country and and you can't access yeah. benefits. <laughs> that's one of the problems, right, is that nothing is written in, in the contract. Uh, the recruiters go out and the recruiters, uh, you know, telling us, oh, you can become a citizen, you get uh, money for education, for college. And that is the only thing that is actually written in the contract, that you will get the GI Bill, right? Mm -hmm. The citizenship part of it, no. Once they sign us up, they ship us up to basic training, and we are no longer their problem. Now we are a number for the military. And us being immigrants, uh, it doesn't impact the mission. So if it's up to us to do it, figure it out, hey, it's my problem, not theirs. And that's what we're trying to change, right? The military can fix this without any legislation. They can fix it by making the commanders and leadership accountable to ensure that that service members obtain their citizenship within their first contract. So, Member to President Biden, you were the one who introduced the bill back in 1996, the Anti-Terrorism Act. Maybe you can do an executive order of some sort and get something moving for these veterans who are being deported who served this country and did so with bravery and honor. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Yeah, James and D. D. James, Danitza, D. James, and James Smith. Both, (laughs) you guys got (laughs) got to have great work ahead of you. Um, This is really important work ahead of you as well. Keep us posted on what's going on, and we'd love to hear back from you again in the future. Well, thank you very much. And with shows like yours out there, 
Yeah, with shows like yours out there, it'll get greater awareness. So thank you for having us. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.